wake up with the sun and struggle through the day. In every passing moment, watch a lifetime slip away. I, uh, we're going to do this. We're going to test a new camera and do this live with you guys. 5.30 p.m. Central. 6.30 if you're on the East Coast. I've been trying to dig back into a little more philosophy. We've been doing a lot on, on ancient civilizations here, here recently, which has been a lot of fun. But uh, you know what got me into this was originally was philosophy and the idea of being able to help people with making determinations in their life that would give them freedom. And uh, that all began when I realized that, by and large, we don't really do what we enjoy doing. We, we tend to do what we have to do, not what we want to do. So the whole point of this podcast in the beginning was to help people learn to do more of what they love to do and um, learn how to prioritize that stuff in their life over the stuff that they have to do and figure out how to get out of that rut of all the responsibilities and learn to balance out your responsibilities with your interests. And then take those interests and turn those into hobbies. Take those hobbies and turn them into passions, which is to say that you just increase the amount of time that you spend doing those things. And then to turn those passions into a livelihood, um, which means in my book, just to, to turn it into something that you do with a, do it quite a bit in your life. And ideally, you could even make money doing it. So whether you, um, you know, want to be an artist or a singer or a, a musician of some kind, or you want to be even an, an athlete, all kinds of different ways to do that. You want to be a tennis pro? I don't know. Teach people how to play tennis. Um, you want to go pack parachutes or jump out of planes for a living? You can do that too. You want to be a, a podcaster or a talk show host or have a cooking show. There's a million different things you can do. Be a writer. I want to be a mountain man. I kind of want to be a hiking guide or something like that. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Turn the passion into a livelihood. But first, you got to start with understanding the balance um, that you have in your life right now. Right? You may not have, um, you may not be dedicating a whole lot of time in your life today to the stuff that you enjoy. And you got to start there. You got to acknowledge the balance that you have or don't have in your life. There, there's some sort of balance going on in your life today. And I started thinking about it earlier. You know, if you, well, hi there. If you, uh, if you, if you take the 168 hours that you have in a week, and then you pull out the 56 or so hours and you have 113 hours um, of waking time in, in a given week. How much of that time do you spend doing what you want to do? And how much of that time do you spend doing what you have to do? And beyond that, how much of that stuff are you doing that you don't enjoy, that you really don't enjoy, right? And how does that affect your life? So today, I want to talk just a little bit about, about parenting and about having balance in your life and what that balance can mean for you as a parent. Uh, what, what, what understanding that, that, that work-life balance, and not just work-life balance, but the balance between responsibilities and interests um, and stress and fulfillment, really. is it, This is a conversation about stress and fulfillment. When you, when you do a lot uh, in your life that you don't enjoy, uh, that, that takes calories, it takes emotional energy, it takes actual units of energy, um, of emotional or spiritual energy, if you want to call it that, it requires a cost, right? It demands a cost on you. And so whenever you come home uh, from a long day at work doing a job that you don't really enjoy, you're not as emotionally or spiritually available for your kids and for your significant other if you have one, for your dog, for yourself, uh, for the rest of your family and your friends. And this is one of these spirals that we talk about because once you have an imbalance in your relationship uh, with your kids or your significant other or whatever, once that imbalance is there, then that disharmonic resonance in that relationship begins to, uh, to give you feedback or blowback that that disharmony is going to, going to impact you. 
then you take that back to work with you the next day. And you may not perform as well, you may not enjoy yourself as much. And you're already doing a job you don't love to begin with. This is a spiral. One thing feeds into the next. One cause creates uh, a compounding effect that exacerbates the initial problem. And what this does is you continue to find yourself uh, in a less and less favorable situation all the time. And a lot of, a lot of us, I think, we, we get into this mindset that we can't change that. And that, that's a rut that we just have to accept. And uh, it's, it's what I call like the responsibility train. Like you think you've gotten on the responsibility train and you can't get off. But the reality is you can. You just do it gradually. You don't need to go quit your job and try to join the NBA tomorrow. But start dedicating just a, just a small amount of time to, to whatever it is that you enjoy. And I think one of the most important things that you can start by doing, and I, I didn't take this advice from Ashley when she gave it to me originally, is to start writing. You don't have to be a writer. You don't have to have uh, any profound ideas uh, to write down or to share with the world. But you, you do need to start writing for your own sake. And I, I started writing after, after quite a while, not just uh, thematic writing, not just writing on a given topic or a subject that I was interested in, but I started writing down my thoughts, writing what was going on in my head. And as I became more and more mindful, that, that just got easier and easier to do. And once I did that, I started to become cognizant of my emotions all the time. And then I would write those things down. And that gave me a record and, and an insight. And it helped me to realize or to make real or to actualize those emotions onto paper and those thoughts. And that was when I realized that, that a lot of the root cause of a lot of my, my stress and my frustration with, with my life was coming from uh, being, being stuck on this responsibility train or being under the impression that I was stuck on this responsibility train. And, uh, and I realized I wasn't doing anything that I enjoyed. And I realized that that was having an impact on the way that I was parenting. And so I took the first step that I, that I could by acknowledging that, uh, acknowledging that, that imbalance in my life, just acknowledging that that was even a thing is the first step. And uh, <laughs> hey, what's up, man? Good to see you. Appreciate that, Jean-Ray. Um, and you guys forgive me if I'm not answering a lot of questions on this one. I, I want to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slide through this. It's going to be a little bit unorthodox for me to not stare at my phone screen the whole time and try to answer your questions. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to roll through this. Then when we're done, um, and feel free to throw your questions at me now, but whenever we're done, um, we'll open up a Q&A and just roll with it. But I've started to realize that these podcasts can get fairly unwatchable pretty easily if I'm not careful because I'm always hopping around because I love you guys. I love you so much, and you guys are why I do this. But we, uh, ever since Instagram cut us off on our, on our live feeds, we, we can't save our live feeds on Instagram anymore. So if you're watching this and you're not in this room right now uh, or on the live feed on Instagram, um, you, you must be watching it on YouTube or listening on SoundCloud or iTunes um, because Instagram is no longer allowing us to save the, uh, the live feeds whenever we're done, for whatever reason. Um, but... Uh, We'll, we'll get back to the Q&A, though, for sure. And make sure you guys go subscribe on the YouTube and iTunes if you want, SoundCloud, Shamanic Philosophy, same stuff on there. But make it a point to start journaling and writing. And what you'll start to do is realize that you have some things that you might enjoy. Drawing, creating. Try to find something that you enjoy that has to do with creating. Um, even riding mountain bikes, you know. My brother got into mountain bike riding and uh, took it really seriously, takes it seriously. And he's riding with pros and doing all kinds of fun stuff. He's going all over the country riding mountain bikes. How cool is that? That's taking uh, an interest, something you read about, and turning it into a hobby, which is something you do at least at some point during the course of your week, and then taking that and turning it into a passion, doing something all the time because you're totally passionate about it, and you can do that. But it starts with dedicating a little bit of, of, of your focus and your time and your energy to that interest incrementally. But first, got to recognize that you have an interest. One of the interesting things about me uh, is, is that I, I didn't, uh, or I guess I say about me, one of the interesting things being me in my shoes, at least from my vantage point, when I started this whole process of awakening was realizing that I didn't know what my interests really were. 
you know. I've always sort of been been a fanatic about uh, ancient civilizations and archaeology and stuff like that. But I didn't really know what to do with that. I mean, that, that's an interest, but I didn't really know how to make that a thing, how to take that from being an interest to a hobby. Because an interest, in my view, is something that you spend time reading about uh, or studying or learning or maybe even discussing. But I didn't know how to take that any further. So it wasn't until I started writing down and organizing my thoughts, which is really what it comes down to, uh, is organizing your thoughts. And once I started doing that, I realized that, hey, I could maybe start an Instagram account, start a podcast, and start talking to people about this stuff, and start doing posts, and start trying to share ideas with people and theorize about all this crazy stuff. And over the course of that process, I realized that what I was really passionate about wasn't ancient civilizations or or even philosophy, or science, or nature, it was people. And it was just sharing ideas with people. That's really what I love to do. And I love to do, uh, I love to do that with all kinds of ideas, right? I, lo I love talking about philosophy with people, and psychology, and sociology. Not so much politics, but with the right people in the right setting, sure. Love talking about ancient civilizations. But I really enjoy talking about parenting, and and personal development and entrepreneurship, all that stuff. But it wasn't until I started writing down my ideas that I realized that this, uh, before I was able to pinpoint that, uh, that, that much more broad general passion that I had for talking to people and sharing ideas with people and discussing things and learning things in real time from people. So, so I would encourage you to go out, um, grab yourself a journal, Go pick up a book that you can write in, some kind of a spiral. Get yourself something really nice, you know. If you if you really want to be serious about it, get yourself a nice journal, you know, something really nice. Go, go spend thirty bucks. Get yourself a nice nice leather bound journal, a nice pen, and treat this exercise with some reverence, and and make it a point to start writing down these ideas, writing down your thoughts, um, and just kind of chronicle chronicling your life uh, from the inside out. What's going on in your mind, and then how does that manifest in your daily life? And then how does that, how, how does that spiral, once it goes out and reaches your family and your kids and your coworkers or whatever else, how do all these things tie together? And once you start doing this sort of self-analysis, you'll identify the imbalances, and you can start working on those. That's when things get really cool. Because here's what happens then, is that you... <laughs> you'll start to realize that some things may need to change. And the things, will always, the things that need to change will always start with you. In a lot of cases in your life, you may think that other people have problems or that other people are the root of your problems. When in reality, take a job for instance. Uh, you may be working in a job where people bother you and you think that they are the problem or maybe your job itself is the issue. But the reality is, Whenever you're vibrating, we hear people talking about vibrating at the right frequency or you're, you're, you're in the vortex, as Abraham Hicks or somebody might call it. Whenever you're in the right place in life, when you're in the flow, which is kind of how I like to look at it, is in the flow of things. Everything is, is, is a lot, it's, uh, there's a lot less friction going on at that point. And if you have a lot, of, a lot of perpetual friction in your job, it's probably not the right job for you. If you have a lot of perpetual friction in your relationship with another person and that person isn't willing to work on it or you're not willing to work on it or neither of you are just fundamentally cut out for each other, one of the hardest pieces of advice that I could ever give a person is sometimes you just got to walk away. But I can tell you that no matter how painful it is to walk away, uh, if you're in the wrong situation with a job with a home, with a, with a person, it's always going to pay off to walk away from that every single time. And you go through that deconstruction period and you come out of it better than ever. I've been there multiple times and I promise you it's true. If your gut, your heart, your spirit tells you to move on, move on. I think a lot of times we burn through a lot of energy trying to fix things that can't be fixed. And we burn through that energy at the expense of our other relationships. Everything in life is a relationship. 
Uh, you have a relationship with your dog, your 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 significant other, your kids, your your job, your hobbies, your responsibilities. And how you manage those relationships is going to determine the level of harmony, harmonic balance that you have in your life. And we're not all that concerned with harmonic balance. Really, we don't pay much attention to it in a lot of cases. But if you start to do that, you'll see that all your relationships will begin to flourish like they never have before. And it all starts inside your mind with being thankful for what you do have and then being honest with yourself about what you need from that point on. So at my job, it's not the most rewarding job in the world. But what I did was I started building better relationships with the people and, and the within my company and outside my company that, that, that were good, wholesome, uplifting, positive people. And I cut some people loose that weren't so positive. And that was a painful decision or a painful period of decision making because it wasn't just a single decision. But whenever I made that decision and went through that discomfort of, of the deconstruction period, um, there reached a singularity where, where, where the, the, the pain from the deconstruction uh, met the horizon of reward and ful fulfillment uh, th that's naturally going to come when you begin to surround yourself with positive people and remove the negative people. That, that surplus of energy that I wasn't used to having in my life then flowed into my kids and flowed into my girlfriend, flowed into myself, and allowed me to be a lot better dad, a lot better boyfriend, a lot better person, a lot happier, better dog owner, right? So I spend more time with my dog because I'm not wiped out at the end of my day. So I, I get up and I can spend some time and meditate and then go to the gym, read a book, get to work, spend my day with positive people, come home, get my kids, hang out with them, hop on a podcast, talk to you guys on Instagram Live or YouTube or whatever. And... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I just got distracted by uh, by one of uh, one of our members here. Hey, what's up, man? You guys have the best the best names, Anal Alfred. I love it. So I think a lot of times we we feel like we get stuck in this rut. Number one, we feel like we get stuck in a, on the responsibility train, and we don't even realize that's where we are. We don't think there's any other way to go. We don't see any other rail system to hop onto from this train to the other. But there's always somewhere else to go. And all you gotta do is become aware of where you are, start writing stuff down, become aware of the impact that that situation has on your other relationships and on yourself, on your own psyche. And you'll find that whenever you get home, you're in a lot better mood. Everything goes a lot better. And then, if you're like me and you got two crazy little kids, hey, what's up, buddy? I miss chatting with you, too. You get home, and instead of being impatient with your kids, you know, you're a lot more engaging. You want to know what's going on, how their day's been. You want to talk to them about it. And we've been, um, we've been growing some crystals. I don't think the crystals are in here anymore. Um, and I'm actually going to do probably some product reviews on some of these things, but we got some science kits. We got some science kits. You can grow some crystals. We got this little magnetic levitation thing. Um, what else did we get? A little electrical engineering kit where you can hook up a battery to this little like connects set and, you know, make the, uh, the electrical stuff work. Um, and make little circuit boards come on and stuff like that. Like you're building like a little Lego circuit board. So you can spend your time, oh, we got a rock tumbler. Rock tumbling, shit. So this is the other thing. Even as an adult, even if you don't have kids, uh, all these things are fun. But at the end of a day, at the end of a, of a stressful day, you know, we, we, we tend to want to go home and, and decompress, whether it's, you know, you want to smoke some herb or you want to eat a brownie or you want to, drink a big fat scotch like I used to do every day. Decompression should not be a thing in your life. You shouldn't have anything that you turn to to decompress like on a daily basis. 
having a need for constant decompression means that you're under constant pressure. That means that there's an imbalance in your life between your responsibilities and your interests, between your, uh, your sense of fulfillment and, um, and your responsibilities uh, or your stress. It's not a place to be. Pay attention to your life. Treat yourself right. Don't ever get stuck on the responsibility train. And don't ever underestimate the impact that it will have on you to restore balance to a life uh, that's been lacking it for a very long time. It's a big, big deal. And then again, you start this whole new spiral where now, instead of my kids being stressed out when I get home, you know, dad's stressed, he's had a long day at work, better chill out and be quiet. Now my kids are super stoked, and I'm super stoked to see them. And instead of me having to prepare myself when I come home to deal with two rambunctious, beautiful, um, active, inquisitive, curious, precocious young kids, instead of me having to prepare myself for that, like to brace myself for impact, now I have something to look forward to. I can't wait to hear about their day. I can't wait to get involved with them make some paper airplanes with them, go pull up some grass. My seven-year-old got in trouble at school for pulling up grass. And when I asked him about it, like, why'd he do it? He just wanted to see the roots. So we sat out in the front yard and pulled grass for 15 minutes. Talked about the root systems and talked about how all the grass and all the yards were all connected and it was like one great big organism. And you take the time to appreciate the beauty in life a lot more when you're not constantly stressed out. And you're going to be constantly stressed out if you don't take the time to organize your thoughts and perform some self-analysis every once in a while. An answer can be found, guys. Treat yourselves right. Restore the balance. It'll make you a better parent, make you a happier person, make you a better friend. And all of these spirals that you have in your life will start to, will start to self-correct from there. It all starts with you. You start making different decisions and being thankful. And I say putting yourself first. You gotta put yourself first. I don't mean that in a selfish way, but I mean you have to manage yourself first. You've gotta look after your own state of well-being, which means setting more realistic goals, setting better goals, making fewer excuses, but then being realistic about the excuses that you're going to make knowing yourself, you know what I mean? Uh, if you have a problem getting up on time, don't just demand of yourself at night that you're going to wake up and go to the gym. If you know that you're going to have a problem getting up, then tell yourself, okay, I'm going to have a problem getting up in the morning. How can I get around that? Do I set three alarms? Do I put my phone across the room? Sure. Plan for that. And then you think, well, I know me. And if I set my phone across the room or my alarm across the room, I'm likely to go turn it off and go back, hop in bed. So then think ahead, give yourself something to look forward to. So this is the, the concept of create your day, create your life. Create every day the night before. You'll start to see where the pain points are in your life at that point. You'll catch on to it pretty quickly. Do that, do some self-analysis, figure out which relationships you need to work on, which ones you need to walk away from, you know, which ones you need to, to, to bring more to the forefront of your life. The goal here is to be happier. Put yourself into a situation where you make better decisions, where the spirals in your life are a lot more fruitful, a lot more satisfying, and a lot more harmonic. We're going to do that through mindfulness. You've got to make time for meditation. Off the grid 65, just threw it out there. You've got to make time for meditation. Uh, you don't have to do it in the way that everybody says. I'm gonna probably do another show, another episode on meditation specifically because I suck at it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't meditate the way that most people do. I don't, med I don't meditate the way Ashley does. Um, I go about it a whole different way. But you know, I meditate when I work out. I meditate uh, when I'm reading certain books. You know, I meditate when I'm riding my bike. I meditate when I go for walks. Uh, sitting in a room meditating is not so much for me. Um, but that doesn't matter, you know. 
meditating and, and putting putting yourself first, putting your feelings first, putting your emotions at the forefront of your of your consciousness and not letting them just reside in your subconscious where you're not aware of them. Uh, when you do that, they're, they're driving the ship, not you. When you bring your emotions, your, which is your spirit, when you bring that to the forefront, you're the one driving the bus, which is how it should be. Because when you're driving, you're a lot more likely to get where you want to go. When your emotions are driving, you're basically at the whim of the universe, at the whim of the world. Your intention, I say it all the time, your intention is the only thing that you control. It's the only thing you control. The more attention you pay to your intentions, the more control you have of your life. And if you're being mindless, the opposite of mindful, then everything else is in control. Your emotions, the decisions of other people. Take care to pay attention to your intentions. That's about all I got, guys. Take care of yourselves. All right, guys. I'm going to kill the... Actually, you know what? I'll leave it running. That's going to be all for that one. Uh, Q&A time. Let's stick to mindfulness. We've got. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get off the uh, ancient civilizations for a little bit, guys. I love them, but I've got friends doing good work on that stuff. I can send you to that are a lot. Probably going to be a lot more specialized into that than I am. So if you missed most of the message today, um, talked about mindfulness and spirals and balance, and about taking control of your intentions. Paying attention to your intentions. You gotta pay attention to your intentions. And watch for the spirals of negativity. Restore balance in your life. Turn your interests into hobbies. Turn your hobbies into passions. Turn your passions into livelihoods. Let's talk about consciousness. Let's talk about consciousness. I, um... I'm reading Walter Russell's book, The Universal One, right now, and it is profound. Let's do a... Oh, shit. What did I do with The Universal One? Hold on. I don't know what I did with it. Never mind. Never mind. Well, consciousness, man. What about it? I was having a conversation earlier with, with Rashid, the skeptic, about something really interesting. We'll get to that on the next podcast, I think, because it was a, more, of a, more of a philosophical inquisition kind of topic. Do I agree that you have to believe in yourself before anything? Absolutely. Um... This is funny that you say that, okay? Because I just mentioned that Rashid and I were talking about something, and, and the, the conversation that we were having was the use of the word should, right? Which is basically, um, Jesse, to, 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 like re, to reframe your question, should you believe in yourself before anything? And what Rashid and I were talking about, or at least my proposition, is that a should is always attached to an if, right? Um, you should agree, or you should believe in yourself before anything if you want your life to unfold in a certain way, right? I'm going to move you all up here. There you go. There you go. Um... All right, so yeah, the, here's the thing, is that you don't have to believe in yourself before anything um, if what you're doing doesn't require self-belief or self-confidence, you know, right? But you're always going to be on, on shaky ground if you don't believe in yourself first. And really, belief in yourself just requires um, just an open mind and, and, and an acceptance of your own, of your own value, right? Understand that 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 self worth is is innate. It's, it's just something that we have. That's not to say that everybody could be uh, an NFL football player if they wanted to be. 
um, you know, you might be a little bit delusional if you, if you know, or I would be if I thought that I could be a, a starting linebacker for an NFL football team. So th- that's a situation where believing in yourself really is not all that important. But to attempt to do anything that you're actually interested in, um, self, self-confidence is everything. Belief in self. I don't like confidence. It almost sounds... Um, confidence is too much of a superficial word for me. Maybe I lack the vocabulary for it, but I just like to call it self-belief. Just, just really believing in yourself. And here's the cool thing about that. I want to get on that. Um, and I'll hop to the next question after this, but this is, this is something that's so important. Um, who you surround yourself with is going to have all kinds of bearing on, on the belief that you have in yourself, Right. If you're surrounded with negative people, remember, negative people have a problem for every solution. That's just how it is. And I've known people that I've brought ideas to. Forgive me, guys. Chapstick. I've known people that I've brought ideas to for different things. And they, they had a million reasons why this idea wouldn't work. Time and time again, I made these ideas work. I reached a point in my life um, during the process of this, this awakening where I began to surround myself only and exclusively with positive people. Not windbags and not sycophants and not people who were just obsequious yes-men, but people who saw the value in me that was there. And when you surround yourself with these kinds of people and you put yourself in these kinds of situations, and you guys are those kinds of people, by the way. You guys inspire me more than you can imagine. When you surround yourself with positive people and you only allow positive vibrations into your circle, then here's what happens. This is a metaphysical uh, model that I, I've diagrammed out. And um, it's, it's really elegant and beautiful. But, uh, you know, to take action or to try to affect changing your life, you have to meet a confidence threshold to do that, right? And confidence only comes from yourself or from others. If you don't have it yourself, you're only going to get it from others. So if you don't have it yourself and you're surrounded with negative people, where are you going to get it? You're not. So if if people only understood how much you could change or how much change you could affect in your life by surrounding yourself with positive people, nobody would be hanging out in these angry echo chambers with a bunch of miserable people who just want company. Surround yourself with positive people. You will begin to believe in yourself. They will see the value that you have to bring to the table. And they'll encourage you. That's going to add to confidence. That's going to create more action. Action creates more practice, which brings about better results, which is going to yield reward in your mind, which is going to inspire you to further action, which only makes you better, earns you more encouragement, which builds your confidence more. And this is a cycle. It's a spiral. Again, practice makes perfect. But you're not going to practice if you feel discouraged or beaten down. And you're not going to feel beaten down if you're surrounded with positive people. You can start to look at this spiral and you'll realize that you can't go wrong. It's really a pretty simple uh, model. It's a pretty simple process to follow. It's a simple cycle to get to slide into. And it all starts with being around positive people. That's it. I spent a lot of my, a lot of my life surrounded with not the most positive people. And I didn't try to do a lot of the things that I really wanted to do and that I thought I would have been good at. In the last couple of years, I've been around some of the most positive, awesome people out there, including you guys, including everybody that follows, um, visits the website, emails me, sends me all kinds of stuff. It's all so inspiring. You guys make me believe in myself and I want to do more. That's all you got to do. Believing in yourself is how you affect change because you're never going to try to affect change or take action if you don't believe you can do something, you know, and if you can't find it within yourself to dig deep enough to, 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 to churn up that confidence which is hard to do in a lot of cases. You got to do it from, you know, from externally. You got to put yourself into, into positive environments. So that's that. Jesse, there you go. You, you are very welcome. You're very welcome. Okay, I'm going to try to slide up here. Um, I talked for a while, so let's see what I've got. Yeah, and if you guys, um, yeah, if you guys want to have a conversation later, we could do that. Let's see. Where do we go? Sorry, guys. 
Believe in yourself. How does one actualize their own existence? Well, Rashid already, let's see. I don't know. Let me see here. How can I learn to turn my mind off and focus? Okay, th th here's a good one. My name is Will. It says, how can I turn my mind off and focus? <clears throat> um, so a couple of things on that. And I'm, I'm just going to speak generically because I, I, I've got the same problem. Um, well, I've got a problem with mental focus. I mean, I assume it's the same or at least similar. And uh, so I'll speak generically. I don't, I don't know your particular situation or your neurological config or any of that. But if, if, if you need to focus, then there's stuff going on, uh, or if you're lacking focus, then I, then I would assume, obviously, that there's stuff going on in the back of your mind that's bouncing around, distracting you. So this, this like many other things, it, it, to me, is, is a holistic uh, conversation point, right? Or it's a holistic concept, you know, the idea of, of mental focus, like so many other things. It's like one of my buddies asked me, what to do for a headache the other day. He's like, well, you know, what kind of holistic remedies do you know for headaches? And I'm like, well, I mean, you know, I could give you natural remedies and stuff like roots and berries and shit you could do for a headache. But I mean, but holistic health is about looking at the body or the mind or, or all, all of it as, as a whole. And so I wouldn't say we need to just give people something for a headache. I'd say, well, let's look at their life and see what's going on, right? So uh, why, you know, you don't want to take uh, any, any kind of substance for a headache if you're only having a headache because your eyeglass prescription is wrong, you know, um, or because you're staring at your computer screen too much or because your font on your phone's too small um, or, or whatever, or if the, the fluorescent lights in your office are messing you up. So the same is true about focus. Uh, with myself having ADD or uh, some people would call ADHD, attention dialed into a higher dimension, post I made the other day, I got it from somebody. I took Adderall for 12 years every single day so that I could focus on my job. So I could sit in front of a computer screen and work on proposals and contracts and scour hundreds of emails a day and correspond with 50 different people uh, to handle project management tasks and to do job costing and financial reports and budgetary analysis and handle HR stuff and sit on conference calls and, you know, and design network schemes and hospital systems. And I needed to focus to do all that stuff. And Adderall helped me to do that because I, I really wasn't, my brain is just not cut out for doing that naturally. So for the last five, six, seven, six months. I haven't taken Adderall. I feel better than I've ever felt in my life. But I'm not doing that same job. My life isn't that way anymore. I've, I've embraced what doctors call attention deficit disorder because in this broken, crippled, sick society, uh, being having a dynamic neurological configuration um, and, a, and a spirit and, and mind to go along with that may be a disorder. It may be considered a, a disorder. I would say that that's, that's uh, to call something a disorder is, is sort of a relative term, right? It's, it's out of order in terms of the way that our, our, our society works and our, our uh, system of industry and, and, and all that. But if you can't focus, you might consider what you're what you're doing in your life. Consider what's holistically what's going on in your life. What are you doing, and are you doing the things that you should be doing? Because one thing that, that is, as far as I, I can tell, is nearly universally true of people who have a hard time focusing, is that is that they get hyper focused on things that they enjoy. And this is uh, my oldest son. We we spent just boatloads of time and money and, and energy um, taking him to all kinds of specialists. Um, just such a unique kid in terms of how he learns. And what we found across the board is that like ADD or ADHD kids, 
they, uh, although they're, they're said to, based on our, our psychological models, our psychiatric models today and all that, our developmental psychology and, and neurology and all that stuff, they're said to have a disorder that makes it hard for them to pay attention. But in the same breath, all the specialists we talked to, you know, a dozen of them, would say that they get hyper-focused on the stuff they enjoy. So I would say if you're having a problem focusing, step back, meditate. That's the biggest thing. Meditation, meditation, meditation. Mindful, mindful, mindful. Just be mindful. Um, because what you'll start, start to do is catch thoughts midair. I like to envision them. I think I saw them on a guided meditation one time. I like to catch these thoughts midair and picture them coming into my head like in a, in a big balloon. And then just letting that balloon float off into space. You just watch a thought come into your head. And uh, you can let it float off. And that'll, that'll help you separate yourself from your thoughts. Because really what, what, what I find in most cases when I, when I try to help other people with this, I find the same thing typically, is that when you're having a problem focusing, it, it tends to be because you have integrated your own consciousness, your own, your, your subconscious and your consciousness into, um, into your thoughts. There's an integration there, and there shouldn't be. You are not your thoughts, uh, and you're not subject to your thoughts. You're, you're not working at the will and whim uh, of your thoughts, if that makes sense. So whenever a thought comes into your head, if you're in a mindful state, uh, this is again where the, where the holistic mental health comes in. If you're, if you're having a problem focusing, stop, take a breath. It always starts with your breath. I say it all the time. It always starts with your breath. Focus on your breathing. Um, become conscious of your breathing. And if you can focus on your breathing for, for 30 to 60 seconds, that, that can change the course of your entire day. Change the course of your entire week. Change the course of your entire life if you learn to enact this practice on a, on, a, on a daily basis. And anytime you find yourself not being able to focus, focus on your breath, then focus on your thoughts. Let them drift into your head like in these balloons and just picture them and just watch these thoughts and then let them drift away. And then take your mind to a place where you need it to be and then make decisions about what you do once you get to that point. Hopefully that helps. Um, all right, let's see. Do I meditate using binaural beats? If not, how do you personally, how do I personally meditate? Um, we do, we do meditate, Ashley and I both, we do meditate with, uh, with different sound frequencies. It just depends on what we're, what we're dealing with, you know, uh, different sound frequencies do different things. And so if we're, if we need stress relief, you know, there's, there's a sound frequency for that. If you, if you need um, clarity or focus or creativity. So uh, I'll meditate with creative uh, sound frequencies and stuff um, whenever I want to create something. If I'm going to write uh, or draw or, or write a song or, or whatever, um, then I'll use sound frequencies for that. Uh, I meditate personally. I, I mentioned this earlier before you got on, Will, but... I, um, again, probably because of my, my, um, sort of my, my mental, uh, my psycho-spiritual configuration or whatever you call it, I, I don't have the easiest time laying down and meditating or sitting down and meditating or anything like that. I, I really, um, I really do well, uh, meditating while I'm doing yoga. Probably my favorite way to meditate is while I'm stretching and doing yoga. That's probably the, the best thing for me is taking deep breaths, focusing on my breathing, which for me is the root of all meditation. And I think it is for, for anyone that wants to meditate properly. Um, breathing is so key. And focusing on my breathing and then doing yoga, even basic yoga, very simple stuff. Yoga and meditation together are just super powerful uh, allies that you have on your side that a lot of people don't take advantage of. So stretch, breathe channel energy as, you, as you're moving through the different positions and stuff when you're doing the yoga or the stretching. Um, and clear your mind. And you only have to do yoga a couple of times before you start to find the positions that you enjoy. And that uh, I was really, really surprised, I guess, pleasantly surprised at, at how much the positions made sense to me uh, at a primitive level, they, I was able to feel the energy, if, you know, if that makes any sense, that, 
the the chi or the prana or whatever you want to call it. You know, you can start to feel it inside of yourself and channel it, and it's almost like uh, <laughs> it's like being like the last Airbender or something. It's really interesting. But when you do that, you can start to put this energy into places in your body that you want it to go. Um, and for me, meditation is really um, about focus and about putting your energy where you want it to be. So uh, do some light. I like to do light yoga when I meditate. But, you know, there are other times when if I'm un feeling uninspired, you know, it's a different kind of meditation. There's different tools for every job, just like there's different sound frequencies for, you know, every every issue that you're trying to work out. There's different pressure points in your body for every every tension point. There's different chakras for every characteristic that you want to work on or whatever. The same is true with meditation. You know, if you want to, when I'm uninspired, I like to go to the gym. And for me, one of the, the most effective and powerful forms of meditation for me in the gym is, you know, getting to the 13th or 14th rep of, of 16 or 17 and feeling like I can't do it. And then just digging down into that place and just telling yourself, like, you can do anything. We don't have time to mess around. Like, push through this. Set your focus and push through this. You've got this. And there's, there's something very meditative about that. And I'll come out of some workouts feeling absolute zen, just bliss, just sheer clarity, like nothing else. I've written songs after I left the gym. I've done podcasts after I left the gym. I've worked on my books after I've left the gym. You know, had some really profound experiences when I got to that, that place when I was uninspired and, um, and I had to dig deep to pull out inspiration. And it comes from pushing yourself, putting yourself into a situation where you're pushing past thresholds and past limits and past boundaries and getting to places that you didn't think you could get to. Very, very meditative about that. So again, it just depends. If you're trying to just be mindful um, of your thoughts or whatever for the, you know, for whatever reason, that may not be the way to go. But again, every tool is different for every job. Jesse, thank you, man. All right, guys, what else do we have? We're on meditation and mindfulness, mindfulness practices, health. What do you want to talk about? I'll give it to you guys. I got new speakers today. Sound. Sound is awesome. So sound is super important. Um, I've got some... I do, I do know what an indigo child is, yeah. It's one of my hashtags, as a matter of fact. Sound resonance is... Uh, Again, going back to that Walter Russell book that I'm reading right now, The Universal One, which, by the way, um, oh, yeah, also, I got, I got to plug it. Um, the YouTube channel, guys, please go subscribe to the YouTube channel. There's seven people in here right now. Are you guys subscribed to the YouTube channel? Please go. It, uh, we need more subscribers in the YouTube channel. It's in my bio. The link is in my bio. And we, our subscribers keep going up and up and up on Instagram, and, and they're finally getting there on YouTube. They're finally starting to go up, but we've got to get the subscribers up. Instagram is cutting off my, uh, my live feed, so as soon as we're done here, um, they're killing it. So they don't let me save my live feed so everybody else can watch anymore. We're being censored. The love movement is, is doing its thing. I know a lot of you guys have subscribed already. I appreciate it so much, man. We're going to build this community big, super big. JC and I went out and got this new camera. We got more, more new stuff. We got, we're getting a green screen to do some cool production things. We got all kinds of production software. We've got uh, like a whole After Effects production um, um, sort of, uh, I don't know, bells and whistles, I guess, this After Effects deal, intros and outros. And I'm going to do this thing right. You guys have really taken this to the next level. You've inspired me to, to new heights, which I appreciate very much. JC's inspired. He wants to, he wants to do big stuff with it. And we got the, uh, the the clothing line, the jewelry, the new the new online store, all that stuff. Just a bunch of conscious stuff for for conscious people, positive stuff, positive people, spreading love and light, man, every way we can. 
new website. I'll be doing all kinds of cool stuff for you guys. You'll love it. So go subscribe. Go subscribe to YouTube. Share with your friends. We're going to do... We'll keep doing more of these chats. We'll keep doing this. But I've got some... Uh, I've got some... Uh, full-length episodes we're going to be doing and some of those 60-second ones too. Will says, I'm just now getting into this, trying to harness the power of my mind. Thank you for helping me wake up, man. Will, you are so welcome. Thank you. Clay, what's up? Alisa, what's up? What's up to everybody? Man, I'm thinking about... Have you guys ever heard of Sturgill Simpson? He sings a song about uh, psychedelics. You gotta see the guitar. Look at this bad boy. Woo-wee! She's a beauty. Yeah, dude. Oh no. I've seen Jesus play with flames in the lake of fire that I was standing in. Met the devil in Seattle, spent nine months inside the lion's den. Met the Buddha yet another time, showed me a glowing light within. Swear that God is there every time I stare to the eyes of my best friend. Tell me how you make illegal something that we all make in our brain. Some say you might go crazy, then again, it might make you go sane. How does that other verse go? What is the other verse? Hold on. What is this? The second verse. Oh yeah, there's a gateway in our mind that leads somewhere far beyond this plane. Where reptile aliens made light, cut you open, pull out all your pain. And that's when he goes in. Tell me how you make illegal Something that we all make in our brain Some say you might go crazy Then again it might make you go sane Anyway, he goes into the chorus and stuff too. Beautiful song. Check out Sturgill Simpson. Turtles all the way down. He did a Tiny Desk concert. Um, did a Tiny Desk concert on, um, what is it, NPR radio or whatever. <laughs> I don't want to say it was aliens, but yeah, it was aliens. Yeah, man. Message of the day, love yourself. Bill Foss's book, Journey to the Akashic Records. Very insightful book. That's a good one to read. I've read lots of reviews, never read it. People say good things. Also, anybody watching this now or later on Instagram, Off the Grid 65 is a very funny, very positive guy. And I like him. Um, you should follow him. He's a good, good guy. He's a buddy of mine. I follow him, you know. A lot of people say a lot of funny things, but to say funny things and be positive and not be, you know, hateful and uh, unnecessarily or overly satirical all the time, you know, lots of animal stuff and funny things. And we both ate some mushrooms and went hiking last weekend, didn't we, dude? Of course, we weren't together. We just happened to both take some mushrooms and go hiking, you know, which is fun. He was on David Wilcox's show, so you thought you'd check him out. Yeah. David Wilcox. Is it it's Wil David Wilcox, right? Yeah. 
I, I can't figure him out. I'm not sure. Not sure about David Wilcock. Welcome to Earth. I don't know. I don't I don't know if he sings that or not. I actually don't know a ton of Sturgill Simpson songs. I just know that one. I might try to sing this one for you. Let's see. Let me take you to the hurting ground Where all good men are trampled down Just to settle a bet that cannot be won Between a prideful father and his son Will guide me now for I can see a reason for this suffering and this long misery. What if every living soul could be upright and strong? Then I do imagine there will be sorrow. guys 35 seconds left till the end of it instagram's kicking me off make sure you check out the youtube channel go subscribe follow share with your friends where this thing's going to get big we got better equipment better production stuff we're just going to keep doing it bigger and it's all because of you guys i love you so much may the light be upon you may peace be within you and may you be a son on the paths of all men god bless you guys have an awesome safe beautiful weekend
Can we rise above the hate? Or will we all just sit and wait? Till the war raging outside reaches our home Can we find our way again? Or are we destined to begin? Like children in the wilderness alone Can we wake up from this dream? And build our world we plan to keep With the damage we've sustained If it can, then can we all put our differences aside and say?